Yo, we are back. What is up, everybody? It's been a while. We've got a new dad in the house, and we've got a finals matchup that we are going to break down in depth. We're going to talk about where the Warriors have come, where the Celtics have come, and of course, the level of competition that they had to beat to get to this point. And obviously, we're going to make our pitcher bet and our pick on who we think is going to win the finals. Let's run the music. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We are officially back every single Wednesday until football season. I am your host, Matt Guest. The reason we took a break is I am a new father. So getting this whole parenting thing, getting a new schedule, the best co-host on the planet, Matt Morris, had a new work schedule. We've got it figured out. We'll have new episodes every Wednesday, and then we are working on something to go live in the future. So TBD on that. Don't want to push it too hard yet, but we're back. Matt, what's up, man? What's up, Papa Guest? Yeah, Yeah. man. You got the little baby in the hizzy. He's a cute one, man. You uh you got a winner, you know. I think uh it's early, but you never know. I mean he could turn into a little demon. I mean he could be a strong safety for all we know, right? Like we we have never know, never know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So we appreciate everyone for still hanging in there. We got a couple of messages, people asking what was going on. Um, it was it was a nice little break for both of us, right? You know, took a break from social, took a break from recording. Uh, still haven't slept at all since the baby was born. So like, not like I'm well rested. I think you're a little bit better than I am when in that case. But um, we're stoked. We're back. We're stoked to be back for Wednesday episodes only. And like I said, we kind of redid the business plan a little bit and what's realistic for our schedules in life now. So uh, we have a really, really fun thing we're going to try and do here in the next month or so. So every Wednesday we'll be rocking a pod. Today we're going to be talking about the finals because we missed a lot of basketball. Right, our Milwaukee Bucks were still in it at the time that we were recording before. Um, you know, Steph Curry was still battling it out with John Morant. And, uh, you know, a a lot has happened. So we're just going to kind of press the fast forward button. This episode is going to be dedicated to breaking down not just the finals and, you know, the greatness of Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, the Warriors and the Celtics, but kind of taking a look back, see how these teams got here, what they've been doing right, what they did wrong in the past and what's led them to this series. Kind of a really, really deep dive on both teams. So um, I'm fired up, Matt. What about you? Yeah, hell yeah. And I think as we get through this process today, we're going to start to look at some of the foundational pieces from the draft. And if you look at both teams, they had some huge hits. And they honestly had some pretty big misses as well. But you look at the collective foundation for both of these teams, it comes from the draft. And I think that's the most exciting piece of all of this. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. So let's get it running here. All right, so before we break down, we're going to break down each team individually, but where we wanted to start was just kind of a finals preview, right? Like these teams are at the beginning of the year, I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect them to make it to the finals, right? I like the Warriors, I picked them to make the playoffs, be a top 3 seed. I like the Celtics, picked them to be a top 4 seed. You thought the Celtics were going to kind of fall off at the beginning of the season, that was your prediction. Um they started the season 25 and 25, so I that's almost the whole season, right? Like they were right there 
almost halfway through, found their strive. Uh, Ime Udoka, their new coach, kind of got the guys to buy in. And I think more or less some of the guys like Marcus Smart, who's a good, not great player, realized that. And I think he talked to them. And, and we'll get to that in a second. But what I wanted to go into first here, Matt, is how did they get here? You know, who did the Warriors have to beat versus who did Boston have to beat? And everyone's Warriors in five, Warriors in six, Warriors are better, right? Like that's kind of the narrative uh, since I think it was Sunday was game seven when Boston beat Miami in Miami to go to the finals. And I I just want to start with Boston and remind everyone that they haven't lost a must-win game all playoffs, obviously, because they're still in it. But you go back to the Bucs series, right? We're super invested. (laughs) You know, let's start with game two. They lose game one on their home floor. Giannis goes out, balls out, has an incredible game. Game two, Giannis, excuse me, Boston comes back, blows them out. Game three, Milwaukee wins and can take a, a commanding 3-1 lead at home. Boston, Tatum, Al Horford go off, right? We go back, game five, Milwaukee steals it literally from Marcus Smart and the Celtics, and the Bucks have a chance to close it out in game six in Milwaukee, and the Celtics win. And then they win game seven move on to Miami, same deal, right? They get they get backed up a little bit. Win, win game five, have a closeout game, blow it at home, must win game seven, win it. So I think if, if we look at the Celtics body of work here, they, they're definitely not as sexy as the Warriors, but every single must win game thus far, they've won. And I think that's something that can't be overlooked, even if they have had some really, really ugly games. Yeah, but I also think the level of competition that they're playing, like now that we have this microscope to look back, seeing is that they beat Jimmy Butler, they beat Giannis. They beat these teams, and I won't even call the heated team really with the performance <laughs> that we saw. Like Jimmy Butler, I give him a lot of credit. He right. elevated his game to a point that takes a lot of the disrespect I've talked towards Jimmy out of my mouth. And I, and I have to say, you know, like I have a lot more respect for his game and his ability coming after this series. Like sure, he didn't hit the game-winning shot, but that's not his role. His his role is to keep the team in the game and to keep it competitive. And he did that for the most part every single game of the series. And sure, he had the falter. Yeah. I think the nine points through half in game four or five. Yeah, I think Maybe I think it was, it was four. I think it was four and five. Four and five. Yeah. He didn't even score ten points. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looked at, he looked terrible. Yeah, I think it was, it was four and five. And then and six, I, he went off and seven yeah. as well. Yeah. And I was ready to just throw him under the bus, right? Like, because that's what I expect from Jimmy <laughs> yeah, Butler. Yeah, you, don't like, is that you he, don't like Jimmy, yeah. No, and like he doesn't perform when when the you know the spotlight's the brightest. And hey, he did that six and seven. I give him credit, but I guess the 100%. point I'm trying to make here is the Celtics beat a Bucks team without their second best player, and now arguably their most important glue player in Chris Middleton, who did help the Bucks win a series without Giannis last year. Giannis could right. not do that without Chris this season. So, okay, you beat a Bucks team without Chris. That's probably just an okay team, a good team. Then you go beat the Heat with basically just Jimmy and a Kyle Lowry that deserves a wheelchair out there. Like, eh, okay. <laughs> oh, and all the role players finally stopped playing well, right? At least in right, some of these right. games. I don't take what the Celtics did very seriously. Um, I I just think that, you know, they got lucky, much like Milwaukee did last year. Basketball. Sorry. Yeah. See, I like I actually totally disagree with you because I think going into the playoffs, myself included, I think you picked him as well. We all thought Brooklyn was going to stomp him. Mm-hmm. They embarrassed Brooklyn and then the, and the excuses come out of the woodworks, right? I do agree with you. Milwaukee needed Chris Middleton 100%, but kind of what I was talking to you before you went is 
Milwaukee still had them against the ropes. Milwaukee had them in game six in Milwaukee to close the series, and they were the better team that night. Milwaukee had them up 2-1 in Milwaukee to take a 3-1 commanding lead, and Tatum and Horford played out of their minds better down the stretch than Giannis, Drew Holiday. So I, I do disagree. Like I, I, yeah, absolutely. They had a couple nice bounces go their way, right? Middleton gets hurt. The Heat are literally limping around for seven games, and Butler takes that three because I, I legitimately think he was like, I, I can't survive in overtime, right? Like I'm either winning this right now, or or we lose, you know. And and I was actually cool with his decision, right? Like go for it, go for the the, the throat. They, they came back from 13 points in three minutes. I was losing it because I had Celtics minus two and a half. I was like, this is really happening, huh? Um, <laughs> but I, I disagree with you. I, I think that the Celtics have proven themselves because everyone thought Brooklyn, everyone thought Milwaukee, not necessarily everyone thought Miami by the time they got there, but I'll give them a lot more credit uh, th- than you are. Okay, but hear me out here, right? We're talking about credit surviving. These This, this team survived against a Middleton-less Milwaukee and an sure. injury-ridden Miami. That's embarrassing. You survived? <laughs> no, it's 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 straight-out embarrassing. Like, sure, you beat Brooklyn, and I'm not going to take that away from them. They dominated right, Brooklyn. Right, that was incredibly impressive. But you got through Milwaukee. Okay, like, good job. Like, don't get me wrong. I said, hey, they beat Milwaukee. Like, that was their come-up. Good job. But we're giving them credit for making the NBA Finals. I'm not giving them any credit at all. They've made the NBA Finals, and they're about yeah. to get trounced by Golden State. And like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that when you look at playoff resumes, that this can be respected at all. Again, and I say that against kind of Milwaukee last year too. Like, yeah, you had the injuries, you had the foot on the on the line. Like, there's a lot of uh, legacy in playoff runs. I look at the Lakers and Sacramento runs, you know, back in the 2000s with Kobe and Shaq. Like, those right. were hard fought. Like, damn, you made it through Sacramento. Like, you deserved your final spot. Well, I mean, and, and they made it through Sacramento. Like, that could be the same as the KD tell. Like, Robert Ori hits the three at home, right? Like, that, that yeah. if Ori doesn't, if Kobe missed a shot, if Shaq doesn't tip to Ori and Ori hits that shot, like, we're talking, it's different, you know? Correct. They, don't, they don't get to the finals. But I just don't. I just don't think the Celtics' run here is validated. Now, if they beat Golden State, I will completely change. Well, my I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Like they're they're champions, and I won't take that away from anybody. Whether it's the Raptors, the Bucks, the Lakers in the in you <laughs> yeah. know in the bubble, like if you're a champion, you're a champion. But as it stands right, right now, in my opinion, I'm not impressed with what the Celtics have done when you look at the well, resume of other Well, then NBA let's teams. let's flip it because we're going to talk about both resumes. So let's flip it to the Warriors then. Like, let, let's, let's compare apples to apples here. So we had the Warriors, right? They played Jokic, okay? That's, that's a weak series. That's a series you yep. can't be proud of winning, right? That Denver team was absolute ass. Like, they, they should have swept them. You know, Denver got one win on them, um, almost two. And then you moved to Memphis, right? Memphis, you know, good on paper, T- technically better. They had a better regular season. Um, they end up playing two games without John Morant to close it out, right? So, boom, that's worse than Middleton being out for the Bucks, in my opinion, right? And then you get down to this Dallas team who isn't even the best team, right? It's similar. It's the same as Miami, in my opinion. Obviously, I think Luka's on a way, way, way other level than Jimmy Butler, but if you compare the Mavs to the Heat, I'm looking at it as, hey, you have one superstar, Doncic, right? A secondary guy, Brunson's a little bit better than, uh, a lot better than Kyle Lowry. I shouldn't disrespect Brunson like that. Um, but but other than that, a, a team full of of nobodies, dude. 
And I, I really think it like I think you and other people are overlooking the fact that like the Warriors haven't had this like strenuous run as well. Like they've won a little bit more handedly, but that goes to them, and we're gonna get to their their history and their lineage to get to the finals. That goes to them. This is the sixth time they've done it, right? They know how to take advantage of teams when they're down, and the Celtics are still learning that along the way. So I like, do you think that that resume for the Warriors is that much better than what um, Boston's done? No, but it doesn't matter. This is their sixth time in the finals. You said it. I don't, they could they could play kindergartners out there at the end of the day. No, seriously, like it does not matter. But it's only it's only the core threes sixth. You know, Iguodala is going to be back for the finals, but it's they, they are the three best players. So I, I do get that. Yeah, but, dude, yeah, that's you know, the thing, dude. Like they, the, this is a far, 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 far superior team in my opinion. Uh, yeah, being the Warriors, I mean, and I look at it like, and this is truthfully how I look at it. Again, from more of a novice basketball fan, like I'm checking sure. box scores. I'm just maybe catching the end of fourth quarters here the Warriors in my opinion were never not going to make it there wasn't a series where I was like oh damn like Luca might actually beat them no it was like okay Luca got a game like Brunson got a <laughs> right. game like it'll be fine no worries right, right. like oh Jokic you know it's going to be interesting to see him play and can he be an MVP and win this series no it was never going to happen no chance. Golden State was always going to the NBA finals now the Celtics 3-2 down in Milwaukee Milwaukee has the opportunity to win it right Celtics come back take it okay good job but i thought hey celtics might be bounced hate series i thought celtics might be bounced that's where i'm taking all of this the celtics had the opportunity to be bounced i thought they may not make the finals as opposed to i knew golden state was always going to be here and on top of that the celtics almost got bounced by teams that i don't think were respectable opponents because of their circumstances both of those playing together leads me to believe that the celtics team got lucky they're young they're they're not going to stand a chance yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I just disagree with that. I, I don't think they got. I, and I think this because I've watched more than you, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. like I just think they have been the best team in the Eastern Conference this entire playoffs. But whether what does that's that mean? They, whether that's because they got a little lucky, whether that's because I think they were better than Milwaukee the whole series, a hundred percent. You know, but what is like, it? But what does that mean? Better than Milwaukee without Chris? Like, what does that actually mean? Like, fourteenth best team? Like. 10th best team like Milwaukee wasn't I mean, Milwaukee good without, without Chris. Chris is Milwaukee without Chris is still the fourth or fifth best team in the east 100 percent no doubt about it because they have the best player on the planet like they still sure. had to stop Giannis like that's the difference right like two three years ago Boston can't get over the hump of not being able to stop the better player they were the better team stopping the better player right like they did a good job at exposing Milwaukee's weaknesses you know, whereas I think if this was two, three years ago, or as we dive into the Boston, Boston's lineage here, where this team has come from in uh, the next segment here is they don't lose. Or they end up losing to Giannis, right? If they're if this is 2017, 2018, 2019, when LeBron was around, when they did lose to Giannis, you know, so I, I think they, you know, I, I do think they have finally come over those growing pains of getting in their own way, even though they still do it a lot. Well, and I, I guess the reason I think this is going to be an absolute bloodbath is because you look at Milwaukee and you look at Miami, and now Miami's kind of the variable here because going into the Miami series, we thought Miami had shooters. We did. And they just couldn't make their shots on a, on a continuous basis, right? Like everybody went cold. Hero was out a game or two, right? Butler obviously is, isn't a shooter, Right. Um, but it, for him to have to take that shot at the end of game seven just goes to show you how much faith he had in the rest of his team. Everybody was cool. Duncan Robinson, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. Why was he even out there? 
Um, So my point here is Milwaukee has no shooters without Chris. That was kind of evident, right? Grayson Allen, eh, whatever. Pat Covington, like also cold in that series. Um, And then Miami had their guys go cold. They're about to go up against the best shooting team in the NBA, and they struggled to get past two teams that couldn't shoot. Yeah, okay. I like that. I like that. I like that logic. I, I feel you there. Yeah, because even if you look in retrospect to Brooklyn, I mean, they, they hounded KD. KD played like mm-hmm. shit, but then everyone, like no one else could make shots on the team too. So um, we'll get into how I think Golden State's going to win. Obviously, three-point shooting is a big part of that. But um, give me your official pick, Warriors in how many games? Because obviously Warrior, you're the Warriors. Warriors in five. Five? Okay, I have Warriors, but I have them in six games. I think, I think Warriors. Fair. I think the Warriors do have home court advantage. And um, no, in baseball, it goes back and forth. So game five will be in Golden State or San Francisco, whatever. Uh, game six would be in Boston. If it went to seven, it would go back to Golden State. So I like that format way better than I think baseball does it the other way around, which I think is kind of dumb, where it gives those three games in a row um, two, to three, the team with the worst. Yeah, two, three, or two. three four, no, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, two, three, two. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and man, I, I don't dislike... The Celtics. And it sounds like my narrative here that I really dislike the Celtics. What I dislike is anytime a team goes into the finals, young, unproven, and the idea is, damn, like, look how great this was. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, though. Like, we no, talked no, I about feel you. the I feel Hawks you. almost made the finals last year, right? Like, the, the Atlanta Yeah, Hawks. you're right. You're right. If Atlanta beats Milwaukee, is it fair to say, damn, look what Atlanta did? They didn't. They didn't even make the playoffs this year, right? No, they lost first round to Miami. They got, I think okay, they won. Yeah, that's right. No, the no, they won game. the play in, and then game, they, yeah. I think they either got swept by Miami or they won one game against Miami. So they, my they point played like there, shit. Yeah, they played like shit. My point, I guess, is like, you know, I want to see what the Celtics do in this finals, and I will give them their crown and their credit if they can live up to the expectation, but they're right. all very young, as we will talk about with this, you know, foundational building through the draft. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think a little bit of the, maybe your narrative of sounding like you don't like them will be changed right here. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll, we'll talk about the Celtics here next. So Boston Celtics make the finals for the first time in 10 years, Matt, um, since they had their big three of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. And that's where we're going to start with the Celtics. Like, how, how did this team finally get here? What did they need to do to get over the hump? And why we both do like this roster construction, even though we think the Warriors will end up um, winning this series. So they trade away their franchise players after they win that championship. I think it was like two or three years after they lose to the Lakers in that finals, right? Um, they end up getting a boatload of picks. And the boatload of picks ends up turning into Marcus Smart in 14, Jalen Brown in 16, Jason Tatum in 17. So they literally traded away that core from a decade ago to fast forward a decade later, getting back to the finals with a core three, not through trades and picking up guys like Allen and Garnett, but strictly through the draft. So the Celtics deserve a ton of credit for that. And then they've just been drafting and trading into draft picks and and being pretty successful, right? They got Robert Williams, I, I call him Bob, Bob Williams in 18. Grant Williams, they had three picks in 2019, hit on one, Grant Williams. Three picks in 2020. I consider this a half hit. Peyton Pritchard comes off the bench, right? But the big story is at the end of the day, in retrospect, and this is how we're going to have to look at this Harden Ben Simmons deal, even though I'm like, I live in the moment, right? Like that's how I die on that sword all the time. Um, 
you have to look at this now and say, not only did Boston absolutely annihilate the Brooklyn Nets at the time, they're still annihilating them today. They swept them with that core that they traded for from Boston, you know, 10 years ago, a little less than 10 years ago, 2014. Um, What do you think about that roster construction and, and how those three guys specifically, Smart, Brown, Tatum, how they've matured into a team that took down, you know, the Nets, Miami, Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at a rebuild, this is best case scenario for a lot of teams. You know, you talk about 10 years, you talk about finals appearances. That's the objective when you do a rebuild like Boston did and night of, you know, I was reading a really nice article on this trade and kind of what has happened through the years for each organization. And it was interesting to kind of jump in a time machine and see what the uh, the analysts said night of this trade during the draft. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. Very, very favored for Brooklyn. The narrative was being said, okay, how could it not be? Right. Yeah. Well, you trade these three Hall of Famers, and the idea is they're going to be good. They're going to be in the playoffs for the next three, four years until they yeah. all retire, and you're going to be acquiring and utilizing late of the late first round picks. And lo and behold, those first season and a half for Brooklyn was bad. And these players said, you know what, we're out. And so to get the 14, 16, 18 pick there, you had a lot of really high-end draft picks that were not expected to be there for Boston. That completely flips the narrative on its head, right? And then on top of that, the Tatum pick, they landed with the number one overall pick in that season. They traded with Philly to move down to three to get higher to get more assets in the draft. Yep. What a massive move because that first overall pick that season with Markel Foltz, yep. who Philly took, and then Foltz had obviously the shooting issues, the mental issues, and ends up going to Orlando. Can you imagine if Boston had stayed there and taken Foltz? Different story, different narrative here. They end up going out and drafting the right player in Tatum, right? One of the only successful t- uh, picks from Duke in the last 10 years that we can say in the top 10 because everyone else has failed. I mean, Kyrie, Jalen, but yeah. Kyrie, sure. But Kyrie's probably past I 10 mean, years he, at this point. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's close. He's uh, close, We'd yeah. have to look, but yeah, he's close. Yeah, for sure. But Tatum, I think it was was obviously the right pick there. And there was, you know, can, there was some hype for him to go number one overall in that draft. But Fultz out of Washington was like, you know, kind of just. Well, and, and don't forget the man himself, LeVar Ball, was taking all of that was that was Lonzo's year, too, because the Lakers took Lonzo two F4, in front of Tatum. Two. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, they took two. him two in front two. of Tatum. And that was Danny Ainge's thing. He knew he knew they had Tatum at three. So they're like, fine, we'll trade back, take the assets. It's it's. If Tatum wins this finals, finals MVP, that's going to go down. That trade plus the trade he made with Brooklyn before that is arguably like we're talking the Kobe Bryant trade to L.A., right? Like we're talking these legacy NBA, you know, huge trades of all time, like the Jason Tatum trading down to take him three, you know, Markel Fulton. No, we both like Lonzo, right? Like, but no disrespect, like it's going to be bad if he wins finals MVP. Well, and I think these are probably conversations for us to have on our Sunday, right? Like trades and how they impacted things overall. But you're the right. The what ifs, like, yeah. The 100%. what ifs of Tatum goes to LA. and But but yes, yeah, so point being, you look at this overall roster construction, and I think, you know, home run after home run. But it was because they ended up taking the right guys. Um, yeah. And they worked together. I think that's my biggest piece for this overall series here is you look at the failure of the Celtics team and – over the past, say, six, seven years, we have to remember how young Brown and Tatum are, right? Yeah. We have to remember how young they have been in those those moments of failures in other seasons and also how long it takes for some guys to finally gel together. 
And sometimes teams give up on an individual player because they say two guys can't play together before they can really ever work it out together. And I think that's what we saw. Yeah, 100%. Um, Last thing I'll add here before we really move on and and you get into your core of of this team and this building, I really see a lot of this construction happening right now in Oklahoma City. And I think it'll be interesting over the next 10 years with the amount of assets they have, can they pull off what uh, what Boston has done? That is, you know, that's the objective. You've got the pieces, you've got the assets. Now you've got to draft and develop the players. Yeah, Boston did it. I love Oklahoma. it, Oklahoma. Yeah, I love it. No, 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 I, I love it. Right, you got, you got to hit home runs here in the next few years. Um, you, your point of them gelling together, right, and it taking time and not giving up on players, and me kind of taking a shot at the Lakers, right, because the Lakers could be elite right now with Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball. Julius Randle, right? The list goes on. Like all these guys are solid and they could have been a solid team, but you're so busy trying to just get the guys now, right? Which I get it. I'm kind of that guy too. Like, yeah, let's go fucking, let's go get James Harden. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? And look how that works out. It doesn't, you know, let's go get Anthony Davis. Let's go get LeBron James. Like it, it works, but at a cost and them gelling. So let's break this down a little bit more in depth and then I'll get into what I think Boston needs to do to, to win the finals. Honestly, um, 14, 15, the first year that they got. So this is like starting when they draft smart 14, 15, losing the first round to LeBron 15, 16. Uh, they lose to Atlanta in the first round the year that they had Al Horford and, uh, Teague and coach bud. They had the number one seed that year, Atlanta next year, Tatum's rookie year, 16, 17, lose Eastern conference finals next year, Isaiah Thomas year, 17, 18, lose Eastern conference finals, 18, 19 Kyrie. Lose second round to Giannis, bubble, lose Eastern Conference Finals to Miami. Last year was the alarming one, first round, but to Kevin Durant, the Nets. Meaning, yes, this is a young team. I think Tatum's 24 years old, Matt. If I'm counting correctly, this is his fourth Conference Finals, the one that they won this year. So at 24, 24, the kid has already gone to four Conference Finals had a lot of failure already. And it is a ton of credit to Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge. I know he's not there anymore to keep the core together and use those moments to become better, man. If they somehow win or say they get swept, right? 24 years old to have now gone to four conference finals, one finals, and you have your core three guys able to do that in that amount of time, man, they're going to be in the mix every single year, barring injury. Right. And they obviously draft well. They obviously spend money well. The front office knows what they're doing. They're going to be there. So, yes, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it might be too early. It's not their time. Man, they've gone to the conference finals and the te- the guys they were losing to LeBron, LeBron, Giannis, Bubble Jimmy, who was going off. And then Kevin Durant last year, fully healthy. Like Kevin Durant was on a tear in the fi- in the playoffs last year. Well, and it reminds me a lot back in the day when LeBron was dominating and dominating and dominating and then losing, right? Like he was carrying yeah, this, man. this yeah. subpar team. We'll get to team. that. Trust me. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, how do you really expect LeBron to win? Like he's got no help getting swept by the Spurs out here. And I think a lot of that with Tatum, and that goes into a lot of what I was saying about the Heat and the Bucks. Like, sure, it's not a disrespect. It's just I know that they're like a year or two away from being the perennial favorites in the East because Milwaukee is an aging roster, even with Giannis. You know, they traded a lot of their assets for Drew Holiday and they don't have a lot of first round picks. And the kind of, opposite end here for what the Celtics have which is plethora of young 
controllable assets. Yeah. I do think the Celtics will be the favorite of the East for the, over the next five or six years after this season because they're only going to get better. They're only going to develop more and Tatum's only going to find ways to become more and more of that top three, top two, number one player in the NBA. But this season alone, I have a lot to I want to see how they go up against these these vets, these grizzled champions in the Warriors, right? Because 100%. it's the emergence of young versus old. It's similar to when LeBron went up against the Spurs in the finals and like, hey, they clapped him. You know, it was just you weren't ready yet. And um, I think, too, from a construction perspective of how they gel together, we really need to see Brown and Tatum be selfless in this finals. They have to. They have to allow whoever's hot to be hot. They have to play off each other to a level we have not seen yet if they want to have a chance. I agree. I, I totally agree. And Jalen needs to stop dribbling the fucking ball. I don't know what happened, but Jalen just, his handles are terrible. I, I I don't know how this is just like a new thing, I guess, but Lord, he can't do it. Yeah, This, this is my summary of, of this of this Boston team and how I think they can win. Now, I don't think they're going to, but but this is how it's going to get done, right? Uh, as I said, they beat the the last three teams they beat in the playoffs this year were the three teams that took them out, right? So they've kind of hardened and gotten over the humps of, you know, the Giannis's of the world, the Kevin Durant's of the world, right? Now, it, it to me, it's on Jason Tatum. He's going to have to average 28 points a game throughout the finals, right? Uh, hopefully 30 would be realistic, you know, like for something that would be like really, really they're going to win. I think if he averages 28, we get Brown to average 24. And then whether it's, you know, the next four guys that I'm going to talk about here, whether it's smart Horford, um, Bobby Williams, Bob Williams has to play. And then one bench guy, whether that's Derek White, whether that's Grant Williams, whether that's Pritchard, whether that's someone else, they need six guys total to average double figures throughout the entire series here while Brown and Tatum are playing at the superstar all-star level that I, I expect them to be at, right? So that that's that's what I'm expecting for them to win. If they don't do that, it's going to be tough sledding because you know the Warriors are going to be school. You know, you know Clay and Curry. We're going to get to them in the next segment here. Um, they're going to bring it. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you, and I, I I'm excited to see what what happens from these young kids because you go into a finals and you say, hey, your two best players have to play an elite level. That's an obvious must, right? <laughs> right, 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 but- right. We for a lot of teams, we know that hey, that's they're going to come. Like last year, look at the finals last year, right? You got Booker and you got Paul. And yet, Aiden, we know for the most part, Booker and Paul, they're going to show up every single game and they're going to give you what you need. Same thing with right. Chris and Giannis. Like, they're coming every single game. Right. I don't know that yet from Tatum and Brown. I just don't know that yet. So I'm very curious to see, like, will they come play every single game? Will they put those points up that they need? Will they be the facilitators that they need to be? Because if they can, absolutely, this is a series. If even one of them falters marginally, game's lost. All right, so getting on to the favorites here. So what Matt and I wanted to do, uh, we'll get into like why we think they're going to win and, and what we think they can do to be successful. But we didn't want to do what we did with Boston as well and just kind of break down um, where the Warriors have come from, right? So we're breaking this down into three different parts here for the Warriors. We're going to do pre-KD, the, the, the establishment of the, sta- of the Splash Bros, and then Draymond as well, that core three. Um, then, of course, the run with Kevin Durant, the super team. And then now where we are today and how this warrior team can pick a little bit from both of those runs um, and, and what we think is, is win the final. So back all the way, we're going to go all the way back to 2012. 
is the first year that the Warriors actually, this core with Curry, uh, Clay, and um, Draymond, who was still a rookie, I think, or for second year at the time, actually kind of got their hardened as as far as like what the Boston Celtics have gone through over the past few years, right? They lose to the dynasty, the Spurs. I think the Spurs might have won it that year too, if I might be corrected. It was Steph Curry, it was Clay Thompson, it was Jared Jack, it was Carl Landry, Chris Barnes, Brandon Rush, Andrew Bogut, you know, and Draymond. That was the team, right? It sounds similar to Boston, huh, Matt? Like, doesn't it sound a little like, oh, Curry and Clay? This is before they're Curry and Clay, you know? Yeah. Next year, they lose to the Lob City Clippers in seven, which was an amazing, amazing team. Um, I remember Thompson crying in the locker room after that, saying, we're never fucking losing again in the playoffs. Like, this isn't going to happen next year. 2014, 2015, they pick up Andre Iguodala, who was the kind of the X factor for the team on that run, right? They go ahead, beat Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, uh, Tyreek Evans, who was playing pretty well for New Orleans, beat that legacy Memphis team with Gasol, Randolph, and um, Mike Conley. And then they beat the Harden and Howard Rockets 4-1 to and then end up beating LeBron James in the final to win their first title. If you remember, Matt, obviously... That was the LeBron and Matt Deladova show. Because <laughs> uh, who was it for the Celtics? Um, oh, Kelly Olynyk popped uh, Kevin Love's shoulder out of his socket, I think, in the second or third round. And then Kyrie like broke his kneecap first game in the finals. Curry averaged 26-5-6. and six. Thompson 15-4. and four. Iguodala 16-5-4 and four and won the finals MVP, which this will be good for another conversation. One of these days, Matt is breaking down that finals and how in the hell Curry didn't win the finals MVP. It was disrespectful. Oh, but Iggy played great defense against LeBron. Matt, he averaged 35-13-8. and eight. <laughs> uh, So... Uh, you tell me uh, the 15, 16 team, the year before Kevin Durant came in, they ran through the first two rounds against uh, the Rockets and the trailblazers. And that's when they came back. The golden state warriors came back against OKC, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook from down three to one, and then ended up losing the finals up three to one to LeBron James. Steph averaged 22 and three clay, 19 and three Draymond 16 and four. So pre KD, as everyone knows, Goes one and one has the arguably the worst finals loss in NBA history, um, but it's to LeBron James. So that was that first kind of legacy moment for the Warriors. Yeah, and I think you you bring up the LeBron effa- uh, factor. You know, LeBron James. LeBron like, James. This team, and I want to make this very clear from my own perspective here, is the only reason LeBron James is not today undoubtedly the goat of basketball the Tom Brady of the NBA. If the Golden State Warriors don't exist, LeBron James probably is at seven championships right now, probably working his way towards his eighth. Like this team in general was good enough to stop the generation's best player in his prime while creating his own super teams. That's how good this foundation was. And as you talked about, constructed from a homegrown perspective, right? Thompson getting taken in the draft of 2011, uh, Curry 09, even Barnes had a big piece to play in this Hell team. Hell yeah, Barnes was team. huge back then. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Draymond Green. You go up to that list I read. Sorry to interrupt. Is mm-hmm. uh, you you got uh, Lee uh, David Lee? He he was for, he was drafted. I'm pretty sure by them. Trade uh, they, they uh, pull, signed and trade for Lee. They signed and trade. They, 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 they pulled players, over Jared yeah. Jack, right? Uh, a, a pretty good veteran. They got Brandon Rush as well in the draft. Like it was pretty much homegrown with a bunch of middle of the road NBA players. Correct. And and the, but that's also similar to, go, to Boston. 
into, yeah, exactly what Boston has done. But I think the difference here that I'm seeing right now, and you mentioned it, it was that 3-1 comeback to Durant yeah. Yeah. and Westbrook. Yeah. There's this level of confidence in creation within Clay your Thompson, team. dude. Unbelievable. That, you beat two of the best players in this generation. You came back on them. That was your crowning moment for the start of the dynasty right there, right? Like that was That, that, that was sold it. KD. Correct. And sold KD, man. You've already had a championship under your belt, you know, like these things all go, go, like intertwine together. But I think that's why I'm more impressed with what Golden State did a few years ago than what Boston has done. Boston didn't have to do that in this playoff series. There was no KD and Westbrook, right? Like, sure, there was Giannis, yeah, yeah. but there was no Westbrook. So sure. I'm very, very impressed with what they were even able to do without Durant. But yes, the, the, the Durant era comes in and it really changes, the, in my opinion, the legacy of LeBron James. Yeah, and and, you know, and moving into the Durant here, so so I I basically just have one point in how the Durant era era translates into um, this series because that, that's what I kind of want to make. We want to make the point is like we're going over this to show like why the we think the Warriors are going to win, right? Like that's the whole point of going through history here. Um, they obviously win two of three. KD blows out his Achilles. I think it was in game one or game two of the finals. Clay Thompson tears his ACL the second to last game of the finals. But but what I'm, I think this gets overlooked, Matt. Like not not gonna lie, right? KD first championship averages thirty five a game. Like that's stupid, literally stupid. But Curry averaged twenty six point eight. Clay averaged sixteen point four. Next year, KD averages twenty eight. Curry averages twenty seven. Clay averages sixteen. You know, I think that Curry and where I'm going here is I think this Curry gets overlooked because KD decided to come play with him. And he's like, yeah, obviously I'll defer to KD every once in a while. But he still got his, Matt. That's 27 points a game, two finals in a row. KD pops his Achilles. What does Curry go on average, Matt? 30. What does Clay Thompson average? 26. Draymond almost up to 14. So where I'm going here, and I think this is what you were kind of alluding to as well, when they got and they ended up losing 3-1 to the Cavs, but when they beat... KD and OKC, they anointed themselves as elite NBA basketball players. We know how to win and we're not going to lose, right? Like, obviously, you're going to lose and they ended up losing that year, but Curry's going to get his. Clay's going to get his. They're not going to lose confidence. They had, they averaged 30 in 26 against that Kawhi Raptors team. And I'll let you go here in a second. And this is where I got my key to success for the Boston Celtics the Raptors that year. Obviously, Kawhi had arguably the best run in, M- in NBA Finals history, right? 28-9-4, put the team on his back, legacy Finals run. Six Raptors, average double figures. I think that is the recipe for Boston. If they can do, and obviously, you know, it's different now, but if they can put up that team effort that the Raptors did, I think that's how they have a chance. Yeah, so it's, I take that season, Golden State, Toronto, out of the equation here because there was so much going into it. There was so many, so much wear on the tread as well for Golden State. Like we look at the injuries, but we forget also that, damn, that was what? The fourth season in a row they had been to the finals? Mm -hmm. Like how much basketball have they played? Fifth, okay. So how much basketball have they played over those years, right? Like, and this isn't even a conversation about LeBron James. We could go there another day, but like this is about the (laughs) team. This is about every player on that core roster that had been worn down and ultimately led to the Achilles and the ACL. They were tired. And you even saw the productive numbers in that finals after the injury to KD happened and then ultimately to Thompson. Like these are things that I think need to be brought up because – 
we really gave them as like all oh, the end of the dynasty that season. But here they are back in the finals, right? That wear and tear hasn't been the same because they've been up and down. There's been some injuries and they haven't really made a long push since then. So I guess from my perspective, I think they're going to come out and play a little bit better defense than they did against the the Raptors. And also Kawhi Leonard was a force to be wrecking with that. (laughs) He was on a Giannis Antetokounmpo level physicality where no one knew how to stop him. I don't feel like Tatum's there yet. And well, yes, Tatum and Brown and Smart, they are a little bit younger. You've also got the emergence of Jordan Poole, who's also young and can be that fourth, third option that, hey, we still have the ability to play tough defense, tough young defense, press defense as well with Poole. Like Poole is the key X factor to me in this series, undoubtedly after Steph Curry being the best player in this series today. Yeah, I don't know if I'm on board with that fully, but that that goes into basically the modern this year's team, the finals, right? Right now, they've got four guys in double figures, and you kind of hit the nail on the head with the tread, but also like after Durant and Thompson got hurt, that roster was cooked. They had to spend too much money on Durant. Um, whereas, you know, when we jump back up, right, to that first year when they won, even when LeBron's team was was a wounded animal, they were 10 deep. You know, and when that when Durant went out and especially when Clay went out, it was Curry, you know, and, and that was it. And Draymond, you know, we can't rely on Draymond to get 25. He, he'll go out there and try his ass off to do it. But like that, you're not you're not going to beat a good team. Um, they got four guys in double figures right now. And now Gary Payton, the second's coming back. Um, Andre Iguodala is going to come back. I hope they don't play him that much. I think he's kind of a liability at this point in his career, but it's kind of that veteran presence, right? Uh, Curry's averaging 25-9. Clay's averaging 20. Poole's averaging 18. And the X Factor, Andrew Wiggins, is averaging 15 right now. So that's kind of my recipe for success, right? I think if those four dudes continue to put those numbers up, I think if Curry's at 26, obviously more than that, 26-27. Clay, Clay is the key. If Clay is averaging 20 in the finals, mark my words, it's a wrap. If he averages 20, it is an absolute wrap. If Poole can average anywhere from 18 is a lot, I think anywhere from 12 to 15 so yeah, 12 in, Wiggins, 15, yeah. in Wiggins at 15, um, I think it's going to be tough because Gary Payton, Andrew Wiggins, Clay's got his legs back, Draymond Green, like they can take out Tatum and Brown or they can take out Tatum and Marcus Smart, or you know, they can pick and choose who do we want to let beat us tonight, right? And if if the Boston Celtics don't have a healthy Robert Williams, I think it's going to be to their detriment. And I think the Warriors are just the deeper, more experienced team, and they've gone through these different phases than Boston. Of hey, we had this homegrown success. Hey, we had the whole world rooting against us. To now, yo, we've been here. We know exactly what we need to do to win these games. Yeah, man, I I fully agree with you. And I I think the last thing that I'm going to add here is you look at that Durant injury-ridden team against Toronto and how Toronto was able to beat them. There's a lot of different pieces on this team that have been put into play to help to kind of take away some of the disadvantages that team had. And I look at, again, Poole and Wiggins, you know, the uh, elite athleticism from Wiggins that we're going to see on display against Tatum and Brown that's what he's there for, right? The 15 points are nice, obviously. He's that fourth of course, option. Of course. But he's there to be the guy that can really help change the spacing of the floor. And they're paying him a butt ton of money to do it, right? <laughs> they are. Um, and this is his also his opportunity to say, hey, I want to stay with this team. I want to stay with the core, right. which is looking less and less likely because of the money. But he could be the guy that pulls don't together. Tr- don't trade me, right? Like, 100%. Straight up. 
someone needs to be there to get Wiseman and Kaminga and Poole to be the, the level that they want to be. And like, you know, we're looking at Wiggins as being the kind of the mid-tier guy, but basically end of the day, I've got Warriors in five and I've got it because of everything you said, but ultimately it's because of the Pools and the Wiggins, the guys that, in my opinion, have been around the block enough and around skilled winning veterans like Curry, like Thompson, that are going to elevate yeah. their game. Awesome, everyone. Well, we're fully back. Um, like I said in the open, we're going to be doing just Wednesday podcasts for now. We've got a really big, big project we're working on in our off time here, which we'll probably let you know in like a week or two. Hopefully we can get everything lined up for that. Um, but always, please follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at PitcherBetPod. You can find us every Wednesday where podcasts are available. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. <laughs>